0: ...coal board on behalf of the miners over the planned closure of a coke works. But I made no effort to hide his belief that if the Labour Party were to succeed, it must modernise and become attractive to middle-class voters. This approach didn't appeal to everyone in the party, including the then Labour leader of the Greater London Council, Ken Livingstone. I thought he was obviously very right-wing. I mean, he was trying to
1: basically break the link between the Labour Party in the unions, and he never really met working-class people. I mean, he went he was son of a judge, private school, Oxford, then into the bar. He didn't really meet working-class people or ethnic minorities until he, he'd left college and come down to work in London and he found himself immersed in Hackney politics. And when he went along to uh, his local Labour Party, they didn't think he was ready to even stand for the borough council. He was turned down, and you know, two years later he was an MP.
0: But the young Blair stuck to his guns and met the man who was to become arguably his most important political ally, Gordon Brown. Blair was said to be initially slightly in awe of the young Scot, but together with Peter Mandelson, who was then senior aide to Neil Kinnock, the trio laid the foundations for what would become new Labour. They wanted to create a new image and a new agenda for the party, marrying free market economics with social justice.
1: We also said we would go for a much more stable economic growth with low inflation and uh, a boost to business enterprises and so on which hadn't been heard of really in the Labour Party before that we were going for that middle ground.
0: Labour MP Tom Pendry. In 1994 the Labour leader John Smith died of a heart attack. Three candidates stood in his place the left-wingers John Prescott and Margaret Beckett and Tony Blair. It's widely speculated that the Shadow Chancellor, Gordon Brown, did not stand because he'd made a pact with Blair in Granita Restaurant in Islington. As the story goes, Brown agreed that, in return for making him Chancellor, with unprecedented control over the domestic agenda, Blair could have a clear run at the leadership and hand over to Brown after two terms. Once Mandelson sided with Blair because he saw him as the better communicator of the two, the deal was sealed. But it was this apparent rift in New Labour between Blair, Brown and their supporters that was later said to dominate British politics. It wasn't all plain sailing for Blair to begin with. He was seen as a bit of a political lightweight. The press dubbed him Bambi and cartoonists depicted him as a slick, permanently grinning public relations man.
1: While he was leader of the opposition, I was just always struck by the fact that he seemed insubstantial, and lacking in confidence and desperately eager to please. And I just thought, is this someone who's really ready to, to lead a country?
0: Ken Livingston. Blair wasn't taking any chances with negative press, which he blamed for Neil Kinnock's downfall in nineteen ninety two, so he hired former tabloid journalist Alistair Campbell to control his media operation. Spin became a pejorative term to describe so sort of disciplined clear. Relations with the press. And, of course, we were living through the growth of the 24-hour media. Former Culture Secretary Tessa Jowell. Standing opposite John Major, Blair's charm and charisma were winning through.
1: 17 years of hurt never stopped us dreaming. Labour's coming home. In the right wing advice
0: when was fighting
1: those days, the brutal old sucks. So he got away with a lot more than other people. And it is this charm thing. Bill Clinton's got it even more overwhelming. Um, Cameron's got a bit of it.
0: Ken Livingstone. New Labour stated its case was simple that Britain can and must be better. Blair wanted a modern welfare state. He wanted better ways of tackling crime, better hospitals, and better schools.
1: Ask me my three main priorities for government. And I tell you education, education, and education. We had lower class sizes at infants, bringing in extra adults into the classroom, linking that with targets for improvement at the age of 7, 11, 14, and 16. All of that really did put the foot on that accelerator and concentrate on standards.
0: David Blunkett. As the new millennium approached, it was a time of optimism and mood change. The Labour manifesto hit a chord. And on the 2nd of May 1997, Tony Blair swept to a landslide victory. A new dawn has broken, has it not? He was the youngest Prime Minister for almost 200 years, and this was his first and only job in government. I don't think uh, any of us...